You're listening to The Real Witches of the End Times, transmissions straight from the underworld. Witches, Blood Wizards, Underworld Accountants, and Cloud People. Welcome back to The Real Witches of the End Times. And today I stole from Karen Rontowski's podcast, which was what released last week on here, which you'll be hearing this afterwards. I have Kate Ray, aka Kate Hair Girl Ray Paranormal on Facebook. (laughs) That's the one. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so happy you're here. And I we talked a little bit before we recorded about the significance of hair girl in your name. So I would like to ask you what that is. Yeah, um, that came about, that was actually given to me. It's it's not something that, that I was chosen and it was something given to me, not in the, the fey realm as such, but um, I'm sure people who are into the fairy realm very much know uh, Brian and Wendy Froud's work. You know, they did the labyrinth film, uh, conceptual artists. They've got loads of books out there. And I had the... Um, brilliant opportunity to be able to go to their house uh, to to study under Wendy uh, for a brief period of time and um, one of the things that I was doing was uh, building puppets so learning how to build puppets and I had uh, a meditation uh, the Friday night uh, as part of um, the the workshop that was going off and the meditation transpired that I, I actually met one of my who is now one of my guides, one of my uh, spiritual guides. And he kept morphing in and out of being a uh, uh, looking human. And then he would morph into this very, very large, playful hair. So, of course, from that, I, I chose to build a hair puppet. And as the weekend went on, um, because Wendy was so sort of uh, embroiled in what she was doing, um, kept referring to me as hair girl. Um, because I was building this hair so I I was um, it it just kind of stuck as I I took it then because uh, Wendy is pretty much the queen of the fae you know that that's how (laughs) how I see it that she had given me this this um, court name if you like this fairy court name that that I should keep in the human realm and, and sort of attach and that was many years ago um, it just means now, though, that things like if uh, if I'm Googled, if you put hair girl in between my name, it's a, I come up, which is a, is an added bonus. But I definitely do see it as like a fairy nickname. I love that. I actually have one, too. Um, it's I for some reason, I'm always very uncomfortable talking about that on, mm-hmm. on mic. So I'll tell you afterwards. OK, but, uh, it's one that the the fae like the the being that i had that's not a guide but like an ally that he calls me so it's interesting how there's always like these odd names yeah that we start to get called even if uh they're by humans but <laughs> i mean i have i have got a, that that i see is my nickname like you i have got a a, a feral name which I, i've never told anybody um and i will never tell anybody because uh you know working within the astral planes you kind of you keep things very much to yourself because you don't know who's going to sort of take that power and, and run away with it so um, i'm like you i do i do keep i do keep that um on, on the lowdown yeah it's always been it's funny to me when i think about this because it's like oh like i'm so open about stuff that could make me seem 
like actually insane. Yep. <laughs> and sometimes I do wonder if I am. And the, but then it's like the things I'm protective about on the internet. I'm like, I don't want you to know about my astral, my mm-hmm. Feyrell name, but yeah. I will tell you about how I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was a ghost in my basement or whatever. So. Yeah. I think it's an Alice in Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland uh, quote about, um, I feel like I'm going crazy. And the, the caterpillar says, my dear, all the best people are. So, you know, <laughs> if you're mad, it's always good. <laughs> Honestly, yes. And I, 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 so when I recorded with Karen before this, it was funny because she, within like two seconds on the episode, she's like, I once went on a date with a guy that showed me a picture of a thousand different clouds that he all believed were aliens. And I was like, this is the best conversation. <laughs> yeah. This is how we start. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. And I'm also bringing up Karen because you were on her podcast, Paranormal Karen, a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And you guys talked about uh, Puka. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting about that is my so some of the people that I live with also have a podcast. And mm-hmm. they interviewed Karen... I want to say about a week before that episode on Karen's podcast went up. Mm -hmm. And I obviously, when they recorded with her, had no idea what they were talking about. And then I I don't know if it was the day after the day of, I don't have the exact time, but I walked down here to where I live because everyone records for our podcast, this podcast house, Mm -hmm. in the basement where I sleep. So Mm -hmm. we have like a shared Google calendar and so I wasn't down here, but I came back down at some point and I just saw in my mind's eye, because I, for those listening, I am a, I'm a reader uh, for, that's like what I do mainly. And so I'm very intuitive. Mm-hmm. I just saw in my mind's eye, like the Donnie Darko rabbit mm-hmm. and I like giant one in, in my head. I was just like, um, can you leave? Like, I don't know what this <laughs> is. I've never, I've never seen this before. Um, like, this is really weird. And then I ended up finding out, like, I listened to half of the episode that you recorded with Karen. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about two different episodes. I think I'm probably confusing people. So there's one that you recorded with Karen and there's one that my housemates recorded with Karen. Yeah. And on the one that you recorded with Karen, she talks about how she had like uh, a odd like a really uncomfortable fairy experience but I hadn't up to the point I'd recorded I was going to record with her myself I hadn't listened to the whole thing I hadn't even heard her talk about there being a giant bunny mm-hmm. other than about 30 minutes before my interview with her where my housemates told me that and then I said oh did it look like a giant like Donnie Darko rabbit and they're like yes and then when I went to listen to the rest of the episode she actually says the Donnie Darko rabbit in it yeah I mean, they do, they do skip about, you know, these entities, um, they're they're not sort of uh, constrained by time as we are, but, you know, if if there's interest, if they hear the name or they they think that uh, somebody else is going to pick up interest on them, they will skip about and check people out. It's, um, I don't, for me, that's not a strange thing at all, you know, that that you've probably encountered uh, something that's going to, in the future, have relevance to you, um, because they know already that they're going to have relevance um, in your existence. And he was, he was probably just there going, OK, I'm going to check this out and see what's <laughs> going to be said about me and, you know, make sure that everybody gets everything right about who I am. And, you know, <laughs> I am the Donnie Darko bunny. <laughs> yeah. And there was just other synchronicities after that. And then I think I messaged you not long after I recorded with Karen and then you have hair girl in your name. And mm-hmm. then I there, there's every time I go on a neighborhood walk here in this where I live. 
there's a house that has on a whiteboard, I think since COVID started, they have a joke of the day. So for months, there's, so now there's been like over a hundred jokes there and they keep getting weird, but they've also been starting to become a odd source of synchronicities for me. So I was walking by and I saw on the whiteboard, it says joke of the day. Why was the Easter bunny so upset? He was having a bad hair day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good synchronicity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that so, yeah, so the, now there's just rabbit sinks happening. So I, I'm sure you probably experienced other strange, uh, just continuous, very specific symbolism that's come up in your life as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I think the the the, the bizarre thing is, um, when you start asking for for you know um, signs that you're on the right course or I mean you know this from from the crafty practice you know signs that you are going in the right direction you say to the universe you know give me a sign give me uh, something random uh, that I will know is it and, and you'll get it in the strangest of places like on the back of a lorry going down the road you know it's, um, <laughs> it is it's just the universe will throw it back at you and go yeah there you go there you go it's just yeah. normal for us you know it might be odd for you. <laughs> it's odd when they don't happen and I start to wonder what is happening what's going on like why am I not experiencing like mind-shattering quote-unquote coincidences I Um, think that's really interesting I I, I spoke quite recently um quite openly about the the start of the lockdown um I I, like a lot of people had a, a real uh, difficulty at the beginning um, in a in a spiritual nature and I remember going out at the, right at the very beginning going out in the woods and I felt like the fae had left me um, the only way I could describe it was like God had left the building and I, I was so upset that the time when I needed these things the most that they kind of disappeared and then I was kind of slapped around the head about a month and a half later um, and they showed me everything that they've been showing me. It was just because I was so embroiled in in what was going off that I'd missed it. I had missed all the things that they had given me as as answers to my questions. And I felt so stupid afterwards, you know. But we're a human being. We get caught up where we miss these signs because that's our human nature, you know, that living in, in the human realm sometimes takes precedence over um you know, spotting these things. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too, your approach that I've learned about from hearing you speak and getting to know you a little bit before we started recording, how you come from a paranormal investigator background, which I don't think I've ever talked to someone before who has such a connection to the Fae, but also is a paranormal investigator. And so mm-hmm. how has it been with that overlap like do you know other people that also do that or is that something that is also kind of it's new it's it's definitely new and I I definitely think that the universe has charged me with a job of sort of uh opening up discussion if if nothing else about it I mean my interest in the fae has has gone back um not quite a well yeah there's been bits in my childhood but really sort of uh teenage years when when I found uh, the fae not to be a twee thing and it started sitting mm-hmm. right with me um so from there on in it's 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 always been in my life and you know I've always worked with with nature spirits and it's um um and not necessarily in in kind of a a nice hippie type of way although very much so mm-hmm. a lot of the time but um and then I became a paranormal investigator and um when I was going out on locations what was happening was um 
I was at the time developing, uh, I would suppose you'd call it mediumistic side. Um, I'd always had an intuitive side, but I was trying to really kind of home in on that side of things. And as I was opening up, usually in sort of uh, pre-walk around, so doing it on a remote level, I was coming across the spirits of the dad in a property, but I was also um, encountering these beings that um, weren't your typical kind of paranormal investigators, demonics, you know, because that's one thing that happens quite a lot is if it's um, if it's not human, then uh, then paranormal investigators firmly put it into that camp. But the, these were very, very different and had a very, very different energy. And I'd never really connected that actually these two realms uh if don't uh if don't work together but up together and have connection energetic connection it started fascinating me i ended up on um a good friend of mine uh barry guy has got a, a show over here i think it's gone over to america called help my house is haunted i was invited on that um i did a remote reading on a property he was in and, and i very firmly saw a pixie and i had no prior information from him um, and that kind of propelled me into the realm of uh, being the go to person, if you like. And from that, I, I, I knew that I couldn't answer everybody's uh, plethora of questions in the fact that um, my knowledge base, I didn't think was broad enough. So I started doing uh, I've started recently doing uh, video chats with people from all different walks of life about their experiences and what they believe, you know, the fae is. And it's it's kind of snowballed. It's um and it's lovely because it's combining two of my my passions. Um, and I think that they've done it to me. I don't think it's something that I chose to do. Um, they they kind of thrust it on me. And part of that is um very much a responsibility of how to work with Fay. Um, it, uh, it's a very complex and and um, a balancing act when people have negative interaction with a Fay of how you deal with it. Yeah. And that's something that I get actually get a lot of questions about through my podcast is people asking like, what is the best way to work with the Fae? And then I'm constantly having to explain that my own personal experience is kind of, I, I haven't, it, it's not like me seeking them out. Like it's always been, at least it's been this one being that I, it's on my spirit team that basically acts as a liaison for me for everybody else. So I haven't had to really vet a lot of Faye specifically other than I can feel other ones around sometimes and then I just ask him to talk to them for me and so I haven't had knock on wood like <laughs> uh and and uh these interactions that sometimes I hear about and I like listen to a lot of lore podcasts or people's personal experiences and it's like holy shit like I haven't had that type of experience I still treat them with respect but I'm really cautious and I don't seek them out in that way but it's something that I I just don't I never really have an answer to when people ask me because I talk about the Fae all the time I get like personally defensive of them and mm -hmm. I don't know where that's coming from mm -hmm. but that's something that I was talking to you a little bit about uh off mic before is the the interesting idea that people have some some people have like actual relation to like mm -hmm. physical relation to, to Fae beings or other beings as well um so I've just been trying to figure out kind of an answer to give people. So if let's say someone starts pointing their perception towards the Fae, which I loved how you put 
on a podcast before how you have to think of them as like the variety of beings that we also attribute to existing in like the animal kingdom. Like there's just so many different types of them. And also like, like people, like you don't know someone's like intentions or interactions. Like you yeah. just don't know like right away. Yeah. Um, so what would you say to someone who is being visited by Faye? Uh, what would be the best way to go about figuring out why that's happening and what the intentions are and if it's like safe to interact? I think they'll, they'll, they will definitely uh, give you that information um, either physically or psychically. Just, I just want to quickly go back to what you were saying about uh, your your um, relationship with your uh, Faye being. Um, I'm, I'm sure you will have looked into this, but um, people who do study old crafts, um, witchcraft, etc., whichever denomination you're under, um, it, it, it was historically it's it's very well documented that witches do take on uh, familiars from the Fey world. Um, I mean, there is documentation. Wow. Yeah, there's documentation about um, uh, witches actually um, uh, forcibly taking them. Um, obviously, <laughs> I did not do that. <laughs> no, no, I know. But I think that comes from the whole, you know, witches are bad, you know, witches are evil, you know, we're going to paint yeah. them in that light. So, but yeah, it's 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 highly well documented. Um, there's, there's some really... Uh, awesome medieval woodcuts of, of witches with creatures that look like part toads and part people in boxes and things like that and and that's how their interaction was 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 protect, portrayed and when you traverse these worlds and especially because witchcraft is one of those uh, spiritual pursuits that's very much of an earthly basis you kind of it, you're traversing these worlds so the fae are going to be super interested in you definitely super interested so you've attracted this being that that you know that's be, that you're working with and is, has become protective of you in sort of both both realms and and that's not unheard of at all that's not unheard of um in terms that of makes go on, so sorry. much sense sorry oh go on, no, <laughs> um no. our this is a question this is relevant to the familiars topic mm-hmm. are, are goblins fey right yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, because that's what I've heard, and for some reason I didn't put that together. Where like um, familiars are like goblins or something that like yeah. agreed to. Uh, that was like from a from a TV show that so I just didn't attribute it to like. I was like, there must be some uh, discrepancies in here that I'm not aware of. Yeah. But but this is so interesting, and that makes so much sense. And thank you for saying that. That yeah. <laughs> I'm like actually really excited to like look more into that. Like I yeah. knew, but I just always assumed. Um, I didn't assume that my familiar would be would would be in the form of just a giant person. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes, I mean, we discussed this a little bit before that sometimes they will come in a way because they are energetic beings, and and when they show themselves, they will give you. Um, they will give you elements of themselves that will give you an indication of who they are. It's not necessarily that that's their true form because their true form m- might not make sense in why yeah, they're in your yeah. life, or it might be too much for, for people to actually take on board. You know, if you, if you see something that's outside your understanding of, of what, what a fake creature is, then, um, you know, you're going to get freaked out about, it. you're not going to have uh, an interaction that they want with you unless they want to freak you out, which is, you know, <laughs> It does happen. It, it does happen. Uh, sometimes through, you know, cheekiness and sometimes through, you know, they, they de- you know, definitely want to terrorise you. Um, I'll tell you a little bit of a story. Um, 
I don't think I said this on Joe's um, and I don't think I've, I've mentioned it publicly, uh, but very much ties into uh, your familiar. Um, I was out on a paranormal investigation and um, I did. We, we were privileged to have access to a, a, a mausoleum for a very old family here in Britain. And um, I was asked by uh, the host of the evening who works um, in the mausoleum. It's, it's the Hellfire Caves. I don't know, uh, you know, people over the pond uh, know about the Hellfire Club, but um, there's a cave system down below the mausoleum and a church on top. And he said to me, um, there is a, a, a witch who is buried in the mausoleum and it's documented. Uh, she was the first daughter of the uh, first lord of the land. And uh, she was buried in an unmarked grave because they feared because she was a witch that she would be exhumed and and, and taken out of the, the cemetery. So um, I literally took him to it and said, she's here. And it was one of those, he went, what the fuck? And I went, what the fuck? You know. But from then, I kept having interactions in different ways, you know, EVPs. I did some work on a Ouija board with this character that kept coming up. So I sat down um, and it was actually uh, spirit board work that I was I was working on. And I was just like, let's get to the bottom of who you are and what what's going off. And it transpires that um, and I was with people who knew nothing about this. And it transpired that uh, this this particular being had been the familiar of this witch. Um, and I'd kind of picked it up. I, I kind of um, it, it liked me, it liked my energy and it wanted to tag along. So, um, yeah, it can sometimes happen like that. You know, you get you don't even know that you get that transference from from a place or an encounter. And, and off, you know, they go, oh, I like you and I'll, I'll come along <laughs> with you for the ride. I think the thing is for me with my familiar, he um, if I don't put him to task, if I don't give him jobs to do, he, he becomes um, he becomes a little bit naughty. And, and disturbing, you know, so I, I do have to put him out to work. Um, yeah, so it does it does happen in the strangest of ways. But in, in terms of people who experience it, who um, don't really understand why, and a lot of the time people don't understand why these things have happened. I think the first thing I would do is, is try and figure out um, why a fae would come into your life you know if you've inadvertently asked for it or if you've been been to a place that has uh, high fae energy or if you've done something within nature that would um, go against the grain of, of the fae and the work they do um, and usually when people do say you know I think I've got a problem with you know x y and z it, it's usually not a good interaction that they're having so mm. that, if, if, you, if you think about it in terms of, you know, if you've got somebody um, in the human realm who is obviously, you know, not pleased with you or pissed off with you, it's how would you deal with that? Will you try and figure out what had gone on, what uh, what had happened in the first place? And then, you know, working out a way to to work with that person to, to uh, resolve the situation. So it is, it's, it's almost like conflict resolution to start off with um, and then finding out... Um, what you can do to to sort of dissipate the the um the energy i mean sometimes this this does not work all the time let me tell you there are some characters in the fey realm that are just that are just there to be a pain in the ass uh because that they, they, they like that you know they, they like yeah they, they like fun they like having fun and if fun's tripping you over or moving your objects about or whatever then they'll they'll do it and there's no real rhyme or reason they've just kind of hijacked hijacked your space for a while and that's a different kettle of fish i would say start off gently gently um and you can always ramp it up from there i mean there's lots of documentation on you know how to rid yourself of fae 
um uh, but yeah start, start off on the gently gently and and uh then you've always got room for maneuver if uh, if that doesn't work i have a friend who experienced and my immediate response was for them not to do this but and they that was their intuition too it was like yeah i'm not doing this but they had they had like three kind of like really playful and not quite antagonistic but just like not not mm-hmm. like an energy that you really feel and you're like yeah i don't want to listen to you mm-hmm. uh they were trying they were asking her to go somewhere and i was like don't do that mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and she was like yeah i wasn't going to uh what have you experienced because uh, I, I am really fascinated by a lot of the parallels between and i'm not at all equating aliens and the fae being the same thing at all i don't think they are but there are a lot of stories that are very similar, like the idea of um, fairy and alien abductions, mm-hmm. missing time. Um, it's, I, I was watching a lecture and they pointed out how aliens are always coming, coming, but never here. And the fae are always leaving, leaving, but never gone. Yeah, definitely. There's always this parallel. It absolutely fascinates me. And it's it's something that... Um, has, has become the sort of a peaking passion of mine at the minute. And I'm, I am finding uh, uh, lots of uh, reference books at the minute that uh, I'm going to say it wrong and, and somebody's going to pull me up on this on the podcast, but I haven't got the book with me right now, but it's The Passport to Magnolia or Magnoa. Um, it's it's quite an old text in terms of, you know, I say old, it's 19, I think it was 1960s when it was first published. And that that's exactly what he does. He, he um, places side by side fey encounter with um, alien encounter. And of course, like both both camps went mad about it. Um, and it was discredited by the, the ufologists and it was uh, it was discredited by the fairyologists at the time. And they were saying, you know, don't do this, don't cross over because um, it's, it's disrespectful to do this. But after republication in, in recent years and obviously, you know, with the uh, resurgence of interest in cross-disciplinary where, where you've got the Mothman prophecies, et cetera, having mm-hmm. a resurgence, you know, that I, I truly do believe that the the, the uh, parallels and the, um, uh, the, the, the interactions are, are very, very, very fine line, very fine line indeed, because, um, uh, I mean, there are even theories about, you know, um, uh, alien beings actually uh, being part of the fey bloodline, you know, so that's something else that blows my mind, you know, when, when they talk about alien races um, and, and, and the fairies are, are part of, you know, the, Honestly, when I, I, I'm not a ufologist and it's something that I've kind of avoided for a very long time because if I'm honest, it scares me a little bit. <laughs> so I've kind of <laughs> backed off from from that. But I've, I've there is some big thing within me right now. I've got a real urge to start looking at those uh, cross disciplinary ideas. And it's the same with the, the crypto. You know, um, I don't yeah. I think I think it's a seamless journey when when you start connecting the dots. Um, and a lot of people have been very um, guarded of their information. So the crypto lot, the ufology lot, the, the uh, uh, fairyology and the paranormal lot have been very kind of guarded about the information that they're receiving and the experiences they've had. But actually, if everybody joined together, we might get some bloody answers. And I think that this is, this is part of what I've been led to do with the paranormal is to um, to start saying to the paranormal world, you know, let, let's start thinking 
outside the box with things because one of the things that I was coming across on a, on a regular basis in, in my work and within sort of TV shows and with publications were, were um, uh, when demonics were detected within, within a building or within a haunting, that the way they were being dealt with um, didn't seem to have much effect whatsoever or it actually aggravated the situation. And I've come across what would what would be uh, probably seen as lesser demonics, um, sort of your imps and your goblins, etc. So within a Christian context, you know, it would be your sort of lesser demonics. And they categorically give me the energy of we couldn't give a flying about the Lord's Prayer. You know, we sit there laughing. <laughs> you know, it's like we're not Christian. What are you doing? I mean, they do get aggravated by, you know, um, be by a not being recognized for who they are uh, and b being dealt with um in in uh, a, a disrespectful and an aggressive way um so will often um agi- agitate the, the the situation and i think uh, i mean i'm no expert in telling the difference between them because uh hauntings of poltergeist nature of demonic nature of fey nature of malevolent spirit nature um there is massive crossovers so deciphering who, what's going off can be quite difficult but i think it's definitely an area that we should be um looking at on a deeper level sorry i just rambled I was... about that oh <laughs> No, that's that's t- great. That's really fascinating to me because this past weekend, I was part of. I was supposed to be in New Orleans uh, mm-hmm. pre-COVID. That was the plan. I was supposed yeah. to be in New Orleans last weekend for a witch festival called Hexfest. I am and not jealous at all. Online. I am not jealous at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, they ended up doing an online version of it, and the first lecture I went to was with a with a druid um, mm-hmm. uh, named Ellen. Ellen Everett Hopkins and she mentioned something during that lecture that really stuck with me and I actually ended up messaging a friend of mine about it who's had a very significant Bigfoot experience to the point where he has like PTSD wow so and he's yeah so his his thought process because he's all about bridging all of these different fields of study so we can get some answers mm-hmm. and he's talked a lot about the like, Bigfoot not being as like physical as a lot of uh bigfoot hunters often believe him to be like how is yeah so she talks about how in her experience there's in scottish fairy lore there's and i forget what she called this specific like type of being and uh one day i'll go back and listen to the lecture again but she described it as a very tall often described as extremely hairy looking like dark being Mm -hmm. it's huge Mm-hmm. And she said that from the Bigfoot people that she's talked to and their encounters and everything, she is like pretty close to convinced that's actually what Bigfoot is. Yeah, I, I can I can definitely see that that you know it's from uh, a etherical realm and it kind of comes into existence in uh, in kind of a more material form. Um, that there are, I mean, for me, it, you know, the crypto, uh, and I've, I think I said this, uh, I have said this before, and I, I will put a precursor on that to say I, I will be shot down by pe- people who are mermaid lovers, but I don't see mermaids as particularly fey realm. I, I see them as something more crypto, but um, they can traverse the, those eth- ethereal realms, but they're more creature based for me than 
than uh, than Faye are. Um, and I think it's the same when you've got uh, yeah Bigfoot, uh, Nessie, that kind of thing. It's it's definitely worth examining because it, it gives more explanation, but it also gives another channel of investigation. Whereas if you are just absolutely point blank that this is what it is and this is how it exists then you are actually cutting yourself off from from other ways of of trying to find these beings and like I say if we all joined together I think uh, I I think we'd come to some incredible conclusions about I mean maybe we should have a some kind of uh, cross-country conference about you know getting all these these uh, divisions together and and talk about different different aspects um i think that would be uh, incredibly interesting and it's something that was never a part it was never a part i mean if you look at um ancient cave paintings across across the world we have reference to the ufologists will say the classic gray aliens but the fairyologists will say it's fey you know so it's it's actually a a massive part of 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 human existence and human culture it's um it's just that we forgot uh we've we've forgot how to to play nicely with each other so we can find out the answers one of my favorite pieces of lore that i've learned within the past few months that really resonates with me is the idea that the fae uh, or at least some of them, I'm not sure the parameters of this, but from what I've heard, it's like a lot of the Fae that we like see as like the, at least the bigger ones are actually fallen angels. Mm-hmm. And that that's what we end up seeing as like demons as well. It's like yeah. all of that. So I always call myself a demon Fae. Yeah. I, demon. <laughs> I think for, for my, and it is my personal explanation because obviously when you're talking in religious terms, it becomes very emotive. And, um, and I mm-hmm. do stress that it is, it is my uh, personal opinion because I, I really don't want to offend anybody by this, but these things uh, predate Christianity and they, they predate religion. And yeah. um, it, it, it's, you know, in my mind, it's, it's a very, very obvious thing that uh, angelics were the higher realm of fae. And um, that, you know, these these pure energetic beings, um, there's some brilliant books and that I can't off the top of my head remember. I will I will do a book review on, on my YouTube channel about it. But there's a brilliant book Great. that talks about it and talks about the hierarchy and the jobs um, and these uh, beings that are seen as angelics very much have a job of they, they're kind of the overseers of the rest of the fae to interact with us as human beings to make sure that the planet is harmonious and actually ringing at the right frequency and equally you have that other side that that balanced side where you have the darker darker realms who have an overview in 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 um keeping that balance from their side so i mean i, I spoke about this before about you know i i'm i have a very a uh, different view of, of the darker side of Faye um, in the fact that, you know, I, I think I spoke about this in terms of we don't talk about animals as dark or malevolent. You know, we mm-hmm. talk about animals mm-hmm. as th- this is their nature. This is, this is, you know, we don't talk about snakes or spiders or even lions, you know, predatory animals as, as, as dark and evil. You know, we, it, it is just how they are. And without them, we wouldn't have a balance within the world. And it's the same within, uh, you know, those, those two sides of the, the spectrum within the Fey world that we wouldn't have a balance in existence with, with, uh, without them. I'm really sorry. I completely forgot where I was going with this. What, what was the original question on this one? 
you know, I, 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 I really appreciate what you're saying. I, I, something that I stress all the time and you've mentioned before, like how the Fae are not like just these tiny little winged Victorian era creatures. Mm-hmm. They're like these, it, there's so much more to it. I am someone who, uh, my, I, I operate primarily from the perspective of like coming from the shadow realm and like mm-hmm. that trying to talk to people about how we can we can live in both places and go between the shadow and the light and there's no yeah. like there's there's no moral high ground for either one as mm-hmm. long as we acknowledge acknowledge both of them and that's something that I try to stress all the time so I really appreciate what you're saying so I'm happy you've gone on this tangent we we started off about the possibility of Bigfoot being fey yeah and uh, you answered that you answered that yeah <laughs> You you also saying um, about the, these larger creatures and and the, and the different sizes um, of these creatures and um, for me in 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 what I've what I've encountered on on a physical level and what I've encountered on a psychic level it's um, I, I've only ever had had uh, one uh, strong encounter with what what I would consider a self you know a small um, air fairy. Um, and the rest of them have been probably, you know, three and a half foot upwards. You know, they're not uh, they're not mm-hmm. little. Um, in terms of the taller ones um, and uh, ones that I would say for me sort of traversed that kind of look of alien. Uh, I, I came across last year a group, um, very very quiet beings in, in a woodland. And uh, they looked very classic grey. And bizarrely enough, uh, the the one that kind of uh, spoke to me, obviously this was in a in a, in a psychic. Um, I was doing a remote reading for somebody on on a wood that they were using in in for um, outdoor wicker pursuits, if you like. Um, and they were encountering these things. And he gave me a name, and I'd completely forgot about. I'd scribbled some notes down, completely forgot about it, and only the other week. Um, I was looking into, uh, I was just doing some research on on, on demons and, and the kind of hierarchy within uh, demonology. And uh, this name popped up and I was like, oh, shit, you know, th- this is the name that was given to me. And I really didn't feel like it was of that realm. Um, and actually, it was it was interesting because um, that name was both given to a, a demonic and an angelic. So and I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't figure out whether these were different characters or the same character or, you know, where that was going. I've got to do a little more research. So and yeah, these were incredibly tall. These were um, um, and they gave me the sense that they were of an elvish nature so that they were, you know, custodians, guardians of the forest and they were not to be messed with. But they were predominantly peaceful creatures. But they, they were about eight foot. You know, but I, I have seen beings that, you know, are two two houses big uh, from from <laughs> from from the you know from the uh, deeper, more ancient sort of uh, realms of the yeah. earth. So, yeah, it, it it spans whatever your imagination. And like you say, you know, a lot of the time they will project themselves in a way that to, for us to understand what their purpose is with us at that particular time. So, you know, th- this being that I saw that was that was huge and he was bubbling fire and brimstone and smoke you know he was uh basically there as a you know you rack off from this one you don't you don't touch this this is my domain you know he was, he was quite a <laughs> quite a scary scary being really so yeah they, they do range definitely in size shape manner um it's it you know your imagination's your, your limit on on what the, what they are and I think I was talking uh I did a book review yesterday 
like I say, I'm a massive Brian, Brian and Wendy Froud fan, and I did a book review on, on uh, one of his very early books. And for me, he really encapsulates uh, that realm and the, and the differences within that realm. And I, I do believe that he's actually um, drawing proper fairy portraits. You know, they, they kind of pop up and go, I want a drawing done. Um, and he'll sketch them oh, down. And so yeah, but they, they are sort of a range of, of, of uh, differing creatures and often sort of hodgepodges between uh, creatures and flora and fauna and 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 stone and earth and you know which for me that is fae that is that is what they are in their nature yeah uh that's that's what i experienced when because you talked a little bit earlier about how sometimes like they don't really reveal themselves fully to you because if they're if they're not trying to freak you out let's say they're mm-hmm. trying to not do that um which is what i experienced thankfully uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah but but he just like would show slowly show me different features and it would take me like a couple of days to adjust to each one Mm -hmm. because and I recognized on their own I I remember what like he showed me like these super sharp like fangs like Mm -hmm. canine like um on upper and lower teeth like so there's four like canine fangs not like Mm -hmm. a dog snout but just like the teeth like that and I remember thinking like wow had you shown me this when we first met I would have never talked to you again um, but now it's like I know you <laughs> I mean so do you mind me um, talking about the the elements that you told me about about this character as in the physical elements have you spoke about that on your podcast before I have yeah that's fine yeah is that okay so I mean mm-hmm. we, what you were saying about one of the things that uh, kind of uh, pricked your ears up about the uh, the podcast that I was doing um, before was that the fact that I'd mentioned the eyes of these beings and a, a lot of the time the eyes are the first things that as humans that we recognize in, in you know facial recognition so and they understand that and they will give us um eye color or eye shape um as as a real uh it's kind of uh, primeval within us to be able to 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 see those features and and, and make prejudgments on things so we know the difference between uh, predator and prey for where the eyes are and and what color they are Mm -hmm. Um, and you spoke about you know the eye color and 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 I definitely my first instinct with eye color is it's it's connected with your chakra system so if they are there that are going to be working with you if they're showing you a certain color uh, then you you ask yourself that you know um, is that something I need to work on or is that them saying they want to work with me in this area um, and you also talked about it having a, a, a seasonal element um, and, you know, I'd work through what does that season mean to me, you know, because it's showing me that season for a reason. Um, and the teeth is is definitely a protective thing. So it's definitely, you know, I didn't show them you at first. I didn't want to scare you. But however, I have got this side to me that that's going to take no crap, you know, which is 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 great. And I think did you say something about uh, was it a bow and bow and arrow? Uh, some kind of weapon. yeah 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 and and again that that would uh, I mean that's got all kinds of connotations to it you know that's got connotations of hitting the target you know uh, it's got connotations of being a hunter it's got connotations of you know having um you know a, a connection with with going out and and getting what you want you know we we know that bows and arrows represent sort of going after going after your dreams and your desires so that's what they do they give us a uh, very um instilled um symbology that that we then have to decipher so it's not necessarily first off what it seems it's 
-hmm. they're, giving us, they're giving us a depth, especially when you have a relationship on that level. Um, you know, if, if they're just sort of gobbling things running around, then they tend not to. They'll tend to give bits away, but they, uh, they're, they're not bothered. You know, they just, they just want some, uh, they just want some fun, really. But it, when, when you get those relationships, they do give you, um, incredible cl clues to to who they are and and they choose you for for this kind of symbiotic relationship where uh wherever they will will um kind of help you and move you on um they they uh, know that you have the kind of nature that will help them out as well so um i would sort of say try and find out what their role in the fey realm is um and and how they want you to interact on on that level to to help the fey I have a couple of questions about some other things that um, I've seen. So that this this being has, he has webbed ears. What oh yeah, does yeah. that mean for yeah. you? Yeah, I mean, it depends what the symbology means for you. But as soon as you said it when we were chatting before, my first instinct is webbed ears means water, and water mm -hmm. means emotion. So it's um, and with this being a protective character, I would say that you know because if you know you're in that intuitive realm that you possibly uh you know open to other people's emotions or you know that empathic level that comes mm -hmm. with it etc that that is showing you that actually that's a big side of of, of uh, how he wants to work with you is is on this um, emotional level um it could also mean because it's the ears that you uh, you need to listen uh, a lot of the time without emotion and take on board things and, and not take it on a on a really deep personal level it's what it means to you really it's you know that that was that was my first instinct with the with the web deer is that the connection with water that really connects for me everything that you said about i mean i've thought about what symbolically all of these features mean and i i actually really really liked the fangs or like the fangs that he has because it that made me think of because this started off as me asking like a child like i want a fey warrior whatever yeah. and so like yeah. that's so then when I saw that with him, I was like, oh, of course you showed up. And <laughs> on a journey once, I did not intend for anything like this to happen, but he goes with me as like to just so I can do what I need to do and he can just deal with everything that gets really curious mm -hmm. about me. And we encountered um again, like I don't know. I'm always really hesitant to be like, oh, I encountered this specific goddess, like definitely, because I have no idea. But mm -hmm. I encountered like this giant flock of dark birds, and then this like woman appeared and gave me a sword, mm -hmm. and him like it was like important that she also gave him something. She gave him a dagger, mm -hmm. and it had like uh, a symbol that's really important to me now. It's like the Triskelion, the triple spiral. Yes. And yeah. it like had that on both of those things. And then I, I told a shaman I was working with afterwards about it. And she was like, oh, was that the Morgan? I was like, I don't know. Like, it seemed sounds weird like to me. It. It, is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah, definitely. And and uh, I mean, the, if, if you are receiving receiving gifts together, there's obviously a strong connection. I think my worry about that would be, um, and I had this reflected back on me uh, some time ago. Um, because I I'd spoken to somebody who I have a lot of respect for as a, a sort of a, a spiritual leader, and I was talking through uh, my relationship with um, my hair guide, and um, the way I described my relationship and the way I described uh, his character, he said 
just think back to what you've just said about about this and it's like you are having a relationship you've got to check this out you wouldn't have this relationship with a with a human being without make, making sure that you know you've snooped the facebook page and you've checked them out on social media <laughs> and that kind of thing and he was right and he he gave me um he gave me a kick up the butt so i, I went into a meditation the next time i met him and 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 kind of said you know i need to know the truth of of what's going on here and that uh, it, it was an astounding conversation and and uh, what he gave me was um, his massive historical references which were, for me were undeniable um, about that at one point we're incarnated on earth together so that, that whole concept of you know fae and our spirit guides you know uh, having incarnations with us in a physical realm so this may have been a character for you that you've had uh, an earthly incarnation with a fae incarnation I mean it's a concept like I say that's new to me about we could have incarnated into fae at some point it's crazy you know the possibilities are, are pretty endless that's what I feel like has happened and I've done a lot of meditations about this because I just I get I'll like tunnel vision on things mm-hmm. and so when I when I have a really strong channel or a connection so like I can audibly hear him sometimes yeah. it's like okay I have about 5,000 questions that I'm going to ask you now I hope that okay. you realize what you've just done by connecting this way <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, so that's what I'll, I'll tell him and like from my understanding it's like we usually incarnate together Mm-hmm. and this is one of the times we haven't and it's really annoying yeah and so we figured out all these kind of loopholes to connect with each other because i know what he's doing and i see him as like um kind of, you know like in security guards and they have like like 20 different cameras they can see mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. like he does something like that i don't know what the purpose is or like what all the cameras are for but like he just monitors people yeah. and then um because like because i know like whenever i ask for him to show up or if I'm really upset or something, he just like blips in immediately. It's like, yep, this is my job. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting that way. But then I also realized I'm wondering if he's like starting to break the rules sometimes because he'll just like show up as people for a little while and then leave. And I'm like, yeah yeah i i I definitely think you need to answer that uh, get those those questions answered and i also um i I think you need to on on, maybe on a separate basis with him uh you know with that energy not around is ask why you may have incarnated not within the same realm uh because you know with uh, reincarnation that we have lessons to learn and sometimes that those lessons are best uh not learned with people that we've incarnated with before or this is my understanding of it so it's it's is it to a benefit of of you progressing on a on a, a vibrational spiritual uh, way that he is around in the way he is you know and and these are hard questions there will be hard questions to sort of to, to butt up against so um that those are the things I'll be asking myself but only because I got my book kicked by somebody else on the subject <laughs> that I, I'm kind of going yeah I didn't think about it I was just like blundering on going yeah this is awesome you know and I'd, I'd never really thought about you know the, the wider context of of why that relationship was and and, and what it meant because it was at the time it was taking up a lot of my energy outside of the material realm and you know thought and meditation and whatever and whatever and it was just like no no actually being on earth you know it's kind of been my my choice at the minute I appreciate you saying all that I don't feel in any way that you have um 
at, you're, I mean, you're asking me hard questions, but I, I get excited about stuff like that. So I appreciate yeah, you <laughs> asking, asking me these things because that is something that I have thought about. It's like, as soon as he like showed up and he's been really awesome, I just kind of like defer to him for like almost everything. Yeah. And then I still hear the rest of my spirit team, my guides, but I don't really talk to them as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I just be like, can you go through him? Yeah. And I have wondered lately, it's like, I feel like I need to reestablish that connection with everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a real, like, bit, like 3D uh, world space, if I only talk to one person, it yes. would be annoying for yeah. everybody else. Because, yeah. like, we have been here and we talk to you and then suddenly this person shows up and you're not talking to not us okay. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So. And you need those other perspectives in 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 that way as well. And and you know your your spirit guides over over on the astral realms all have jobs and um and and they're there to sort of alert you of other things that are going off and to help guide you on 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 uh you know other quests and whatever you. And if you do if you do kind of take 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 time out from them, you kind of lose a, a chunk of. I suppose the wholeness of of the experience and the wholeness of the experience of uh, those other realms. So. Um, I've been there and I've I've done it, you know. But, um, yeah, I've been there and done it, so I can talk from experience on this. I'm not saying that that's that's the case for you at all. I'm just saying that um, you know, that it was definitely something that I had never thought of, and I would have just bimbled on going, yeah, this is great. Um, uh, but I, I got so much out of asking those questions, so much more out of asking those questions because I got absolute, for me, historical verification of of who we were and it was two names historically that only that have only been documented once uh which wow. was undeniable for me uh absolutely undeniable so um yeah he backs off now he's kind of part of the crew again <laughs> as opposed to sort of uh, being dominant it's interesting that you mentioned like uh looking into like historical documents and things like that like i haven't specifically done that other than I've had a lot of really bizarre things show up like there was this book that got recommended to me via algorithm on Instagram and like algorithm as in like the title was like fey related Mm -hmm. and there's no way that I don't think the Instagram algorithm is smart enough to know the entire contents of an indie published book that has like at that point like a hundred copies sold probably I don't Mm -hmm. think it's that intelligent yeah. And when I read that, it was like, I, I got sent this book and there's nothing on the back cover of the synopsis that's about anything that I described other than it's about a, a young woman who goes to Ireland to study the Fae and ends up meeting this really, this person who's like, drinks a lot of absinthe and is really into like, and sees things. Yeah. So that was like all that was on the back. And I was like, this piques my interest. And then I read <laughs> the book and the writing is not great. In my opinion, it was actually like I, I had to like push through it. But mm-hmm. the lore in it was that was the point of the book. She done a ton of research into the lore and she's from Ireland, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And basically it just talks about a woman starting a young woman who was the exact same age as me and mm-hmm. went to go study the Fae in Ireland and then met a person who simultaneously exists in the 3d realm and the fey realms and blips back and forth in and out and they develop a relationship together mm-hmm. and i was like this is ridiculous but this is what my entire life happens all of the yeah, time yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Stuff like this yeah oh man 
I love it though. I, I get I get bored if I don't get those synchronicities. If they if it's kind of come on, you know, I want to get because it makes me excited. You know, when you get them, it's like no way, nobody's ever going to believe this one. You know, um, mm-hmm. and it's not just the kind of general, you know, uh, numbers that you get that are corresponding, uh, you know, angelic numbers or whatever. It's it's things that are really weird like that that you, you're talking about that you you are just like this is just too much and I love it I I, I love it. it it's kind of it, it rocks my world when that happens it's brilliant yeah and it's interesting talking to people I don't want to talk to people about this that aren't interested or they don't really believe in it because I just don't want to deal with like the emotional impact of that for me but yeah. when I have mentioned to people in other cases like the amount of synchronicities I've experienced around something it's it's so funny seeing someone who's extremely skeptical just get that look on their face where they're like I believe I trust you as a person and this is really weird and I don't think you're making you don't think you can make what up what you just said or why would you do that and then yeah. they just it doesn't make sense and I think I, I always find that funny <laughs> I mean I mean synchronicities alone is like you know it's it's days and days and days of uh, philosophical discussion about it because I mean there's mm-hmm. there's theories that it's kind of time slips that it's some kind of matrixing there's you know is is it is it gifts from the gods is it you know there's so many different theories about what it is and I mean I I'm the same as you you know I'm pretty lucky that I I have a you know a good good circle of friends who probably are as mad as I am with stuff like that so you know it's just everyday speak for us you know it's not um, it's not anything out the realms I forget sometimes and have these conversations with people who are perhaps not as exposed to this kind of thing and you see the face and you think I'm exposing them to way too much here you know <laughs> at the very least they're gonna think I'm mad and at the very most thing I'm gonna blow the brains with this you know um, but I've got to the stage where this is just such a part of of uh, you know my my uh, internal linguistics and and external sort of uh, talk that um it's not weird anymore you know it's I find it weird that people watch telly or you know that <laughs> I find all those kind of activities um that that are weird you know I, walking around the woods in in the middle of the night is is normal to me you know most people are like oh what are you doing you know um but I think that that's part of you know when with synchronicities I mean I've also studied parapsychology which is uh I, I try to keep my feet on the ground with with the two fields and um with the parapsychology it explains it in psychological terms of of if you ask for it then you're more liable to notice it so if you've got if you've just gone out and bought Mm -hmm. yourself a brand new red car chances are you'll see more red cars on the road um i don't buy that you know I, i understand that that's a scientific reasoning but we are so much more than science we are so much more than categorization and being put in boxes that you know that you've got to open yourself up that everything exists because that's what excites and motivates us as human beings to to move forward creatively you know whatever realm we work in um and to deny ourselves of that is is to really to, to cut off what what we are as human beings you know if we weren't curious to chip two bits of flint together we would never have got fire and we would never have got arrows you know we I'm rambling again, aren't I? I've gone off on the right no, tangent with that one. <laughs> there's a there's a TV show. Uh, well, it's a, not a TV show. It's like an online web series. I don't have you heard of Hellier before? Oh my god, I am such a massive Hellier fan. Such a oh massive. my gosh, me too. Yeah, I love it. 
I love how they talk about in there that synchronicities are just like symptoms of yes. what the work we do. Yes, that, that resonated so much. Yeah, I think I don't know whether it came from Hallie or whether it came from subsequent sort of because Hallie came out for me and I was like, oh, my God, at last, at last we have a program that is following intuition and that is traversing so many different disciplines. It was like, hallelujah. You know, it was um, it was. I just I was I binged it absolutely binged it I don't know whether it was that or whether it was subsequent subsequent sort of research that I, that I took off the back of Helia but they were it actually really sort of deflated me they were talking about what if synchronicities are um uh distractions what if they're not there as kind of these curious gifts from the gods and what if they're distractions to take us off the path and that blew my mind I was like no I can't deal with this you know (laughs) I like synchronicities they excite me you know um and I kind of churned it over for a long time I've I've no conclusion whatsoever what you know which which one is right really but I I just know I love them but yeah Helia for me um absolutely brilliant and superbly shot absolutely beautifully shot you know it's um, beautiful yeah and it's music too absolutely it's just an absolute enchanting uh and it's how paranormal investigation is when it's good that you roll with the punches of what's going off you don't sort of pre-plan and have for me it's not having a preemptive strike on what you think might happen it's just like right this is the moment of it what do we do where do we go with this you know and allowing yourself to be um open uh to to the universe and to suggestions that that are coming in and it and that's how it happens. Well, for me, that's how things happen. So I'm loving the Helia crew. I, absolutely doing an awesome job. Have you connected with any of them at all since you're also working in that field? Bizarrely enough, I, I, I write sporadically for a UK magazine, Haunted Magazine. And um, the very first article that I did, this is synchronicities for you. They, uh, <laughs> the Haunted team then went out to try and promote in America and they met up with the Hellier team, and there's a photograph of uh, is it? It's Dana, isn't it? Dana, Dana. Yeah, yeah. Dana. And and Greg, um, and they're stood there with a magazine that I'm in, and it was like <laughs> that is just too spooky. It is just too spooky. Um, I think I have sent them. I, I sent them a brief message saying, you know, uh, just thank God that you know, thank the gods that this is this is happening, and you know, thank you so much. I would so love. I'm going to put it out to the universe. I would so love to sort of meet up with them, even if it's just for a talk through, because um, yeah, they, they they really excite me. They they really sort of they they pin it down for me, um, and it reignited my my Mothman interest, which I think it has done the world that's come across Hellier. Uh, I, I read the book. I think mm-hmm. I was probably fourteen, fifteen, and it terrified me. <laughs> Mothman then, prophecies. Yeah, 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 and then um, and I've, I've subsequently bought uh, loads of Kill books since because uh, he's got one called the Eighth Tower. I've just got that on order. That you know, that's about traversing the disciplines, and it's just like, yeah, thank thank the Lord for them. You know, they they've uh, they're doing awesome things. I feel like I'm promoting them like I should get paid by them now. You know, <laughs> I do get... this all the time. <laughs> yeah. I always joke I'm a walking ad for that show just because it's it's really like in the second season, they just talk about how for their audience, they feel like it is like also part of like initiation process for us to watch it. And that's like what I experienced because I felt like it just pulled a, like a bag off of my head 
Yeah. Like I, I use that metaphor a lot for different things. I feel like there's just this, like, I don't know, like um, a stack of paper bags on my head and things every now and then just pull one of them off and I just like, can see more and more and more and then my life has just changed afterwards, like genuinely. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's, it's definitely, it's those veils coming up, isn't it? And we, we only ever encounter those those experiences when we're ready to encounter them. You know, it's very rarely that we uh, that we have them when it's not of any any relevance. And and, and you're right, in the, the, the second season, uh, they do talk a lot about how um, how uh, people who'd watched it had, had been like, you know, have you thought about this element or that element? And throughout the, the first series, I mean, I binged it in a day, I think. Um, I, yeah. felt like, I felt like I was investigating with them. I felt like I was, <laughs> I was like, you know, I was a member of Hellier, you know, with it. And... Um, they, they, it's just it's beautiful and I when I spoke about it um and I have spoken about it publicly it was right right at the very beginning of the first series I was saying you know this is a game changer this is a game changer not only for paranormal shows that have been sort of uh, you know scaring yourself in the dark and shouting everything's a demon this is a game changer but it's also a game changer for the paranormal community that you cannot be closed-minded that there is so much more and if you close yourself off then you're not doing yourself any favors for investigation and evidence uh, gathering you know which is why we're all in it uh, in the paranormal community so yeah big up the hellier definitely <laughs> I feel like, I mean, obviously, I don't know them at all, but I just feel like you guys should connect for some reason. Yeah. Because um, they talk a lot. I mean, it's, I guess, more of an anecdote or different, like, leaving stuff out for the Fae in various parts of both seasons, I think. Mm-hmm. And I know Dana is very conscious of them. Yeah. Specifically, but I feel like that that's something that, like, they've got aliens, cryptids, ghosts, yeah. all other types of, like, people who are really 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 knowledgeable with that but mm-hmm. i feel like they need a fey piece so i don't know if that's going to come in um or let's not put out, in the third let's put it out to the universe i will definitely be the <laughs> the english fey witch that goes over there and helps them out on that side of it definitely i would love that oh my god that would be awesome <laughs> Yeah, that'd be really cool. And then I could be like, I know her. Yeah, I had a, I made it happen with her. I manifested that long with her, definitely. Yeah, that'd, that'd be that'd be so cool. I think I think they probably oh. in in all fairness, I think they probably steered away from it for two reasons. Um and that's because historically, you know, um there are there is more uh there, there it's easier. I think oh, oh I'm going to be I'm going off on a tangent again. So Go for it. Um, in in terms of crypto, ufology, paranormal, it's it's. Uh, I'm not going to pull any punches. It can be a boys' club, and it's quite masculine. Mm-hmm. Not only mm-hmm. in, in 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 the realm of paranormal investigators, but how it's been researched and who it's been researched by. So if you look uh, back at sort of uh, ghost hunting, particularly, you know, it's been the role uh, predominantly up until recent years, obviously, but predominantly of the woman to be the psychic and the man to be the investigator. And with the land of the Fae, um, it's been very much a feminised subject area, which it, it definitely isn't, you know. It, it, and I, I mean feminised as in not so much uh, uh, female research because you've got Sir, uh, Sir um, Arthur Conan Doyle, etc., who were very much into it, Houdini, etc. But it is seen because of these fluttery, beautiful, uh, slightly saucy uh, images that we have of, of the Fae, that it's it's whimsical. And whimsical is in the, in the world of feminine. Um, and... Uh, 
with with Hallie, I felt like they they needed the credibility on an academic level, um, and that meant the masculinisation of that situation. And I was very pleased to see you know elements of witchcraft coming in because it it kind of sparked all kinds of different uh, notions for me about that. And I wrote went on to write an article about it. Um, so I think that's probably what went off with Hellier, uh, because it, Faye isn't accepted um, so much in any of the communities. And because of this very whimsical um, portrayal of it, that, that it, it, it almost on the surface of it uh, could be seen as something to weaken a show and weaken the credibility of a show. But it, it would be absolutely far from that. You know, it would, in mm. my mind, be something, you know, if... if um, somebody knows their stuff in terms of you know uh the the crossover between the aliens etc that it would it would strengthen it but i actually think to start off with the public watching it would be going this has gone too far now you know until until it kind of got into it they'll be like they've lost the plot they've absolutely you know we were with them up until this point and they're talking about fairies now what the hell but i actually think it would be one of those car crash moments where everybody would go got to keep watching it though I want to see where this one goes. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of programmes kind of steer clear. And I was very, very pleased that Help My House is Haunted then um, went on. And they, I saw them as a team develop into people who were um, more open and believing in, in, in different energies, which uh, was a massive breakthrough in, in, in this country for, for TV shows. So, yeah, bring it on. Hell yeah. I'll, I'll join you. <laughs> I remember Dana actually talking about, I think it was, it was after the first season. I can't remember if she talked about it at the beginning of the second season or if it was on social media or Patreon, because I'm part of their uh, Patreon for Traveling Museum of the Paranormal. Oh, Marvel. yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, You're so lucky being across the pond, honestly. I get so <laughs> jealous about things like that. I seriously do. Okay. Carry on. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, it's, it's the best Patreon, to be honest. Like they just have like, They've been doing paranormal quarantine. Uh, they yeah. just have like events all the time. But why I brought this up was because I can't remember where she talked about it, but she did mention how most people's critiques of the show were about the psychic and witchcraft aspect that she brought mm -hmm. in. Like there was a point in the first season where she talks about how well she pulls a few tarot cards before they do a significant yeah, part yeah. of the investigation. And yeah. then people like didn't, they're like, they would comment stuff like, I loved it until this happened and that just yeah. like got weird for me or whatever. And like hearing that, like at first I got really upset because I was just like, that's, I, I am Dana in this situation. Like yeah. if I have to like place myself in this crew, like that's me. And I just, you know, already dealt with so much in my own life of people not getting it and thinking it's yeah. like we're all charlatans or whatever. And so it's really annoying. But then I just realized too, it just speaks to like how, um, how amazing that it is that Dana is on there and they are doing this and they are showing leaving offerings to the Fae and then how like intuitive they show like, like how she just is but like how they show that in the show and they don't they didn't let that especially in the second season they did not let that feedback stop them from being as authentic as possible about the process and I think that's so necessary with starting to dismantle a lot of the a lot of the systems that are in place in the paranormal specifically mm -hmm, like definitely. the patriarchy and then address like i love I, I really appreciate how they address um in a lot of like different live streams they've done as well they talk about how like they use a lot of john keel's research and he's has like mm -hmm. a lot of amazing stuff but he's also like has said some racist things and they don't ignore that 
I think yeah. that's something that we need to talk about more in the paranormal field. So I, that's part of the reason too, with my podcast, I think it's, I like, I, I interview mostly women on here. Um, all the stuff that like voices that we don't really hear that much in this, yeah. in this space. So yeah. that's I mean, another for, thing I appreciate about the show. So going back to the, uh, to the tarot thing. I mean, I, I, I've been a reader now for 28 years. Um, and, uh, I was, uh, to be quite honest, I, I had seen people on paranormal investigations use the cards before and, um, and then seeing it on the show, it, it really did, uh, on an emotional level trigger me in the fact that I, I was, I, I, I sucked in the, an intake of, of air of going, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I am super protective of my cards and there's no way that I'd bring them into into a, an energy field where I just thought, you know, are they going to pick up something hinkier that I'm going to have to oh, sage, true, them, yeah. sage them for the rest of time, you know, so that they're not picking, <laughs> picking anything bad up. I mean, I know you appreciate that what that means, but um, and then I did start questioning it. And when I started putting together, I, I started putting together an article uh, that went in the Haunted magazine that, that was the title was Has Witchcraft Got a Place Within uh, Within the Par- Paranormal Investigation? And I, I almost rec- I, I almost like 180 myself when I was writing it to, um, you know, I don't think it has. And I think. Uh, you know uh, some stuff we don't mess around with and it opens up to people who don't know what they're doing and it's showing things that you know people have no understanding of the repercussions of and and haven't put in the homework you know um and then it it, it dawned on me that you know predominantly uh witchcraft working with a dad was like bread and butter you know has been always bread and butter that um we 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 do work with the other side in the other realm so regardless of whether uh, i suppose parlor tricks it's not a nice way of putting it but but uh, rituals and parlor tricks um whether they actually come into play within a paranormal investigation or not is irrelevant because witchcraft is there if you are a paranormal investigator, whether you call yourself a witch or not, and you're calling out into the darkness that you want to have connection with somebody who's dead, that pretty much puts you in a witchcraft category. You know, you would be burnt mm-hmm. to the stake for that kind of mm-hmm. behaviour. You know, so whether we like it or not, you know, if you if you are working in that realm, you are dealing with witchcraft, whether whether you know it, whether you like it, you're doing it. So, you know, why not? <laughs> Why not? You know, and I've even thought now, do I buy myself a specific set of cards that I'm going to kind of bury in the earth every every time I use them on a paranormal (laughs) investigation? Do I have a specific set of cards for going out and sort of communicating with the dead? So, yeah, I 180'd on it. I went, you know, well, courses for courses, whatever works for people. And as long as they understand the responsibilities and the, you know, uh, the repercussions of of what they're doing, then, then go for it, you know but yeah it was it was a good it was a good eye-opener for me just um because I I did I reacted and I was one of those and I didn't react on social media with it but I just internally I just went oh I'm not sure I'm not sure about that one (laughs) but yeah it it, it is it's the the there are tools out there and as long as as long as you're safe and respectful as always with any any kind of paranormal work then uh then yeah give it a go I really, yeah, I really like seeing it on Hellier because I like I trusted them. That's one thing that I've never experienced before with like a paranormal show that I've mm-hmm. seen, where it's like I trust the integrity of these people. Yeah, and part of it's because I, um, a friend of mine, 
had like ended up interviewing them personally a couple of them personally and like has like a connection to them now and i trust his judgment on things so it's like i have this like link here so like i trust that and then i sometimes like again seeing tarot in a show will also bother me but i think for like a reason you will also understand like when i see in a tv show and they just like pull all these cards and it's just like the death card yeah tower like all that all these like major arcana that are specifically picked for their very triggering imagery it's like oh no but that's not what they did in the show it's because they're doing it for real so yeah i think i think very much that there is a a genuineness about them which is incredibly endearing and um you know the the lack of uh ego and i don't mean that in in a bad sense uh but i think when you're in the entertainment business you have to have a certain uh, energetic uh, egotism about you to 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 be able to sort of project yourself uh, across the tv screen and for me they 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 felt uh like a team that you could go out with you know they felt very much like a a, a team that you'd want to go out and investigate with and um and they would be exactly the same uh off screen as they are on screen you know i know it's edited and what have you but i i mm. I, I like you i i got a real sort of genuine sense of that they were they were being who they are, which is, um, again, it's uh, it was really refreshing in, in the world of paranormal where, you know, para- paranormal programs have gone into this realm of we need to get more shocking. How can I mean, I don't know. There's that one where they sit with the bags on the head. What's that one called? Have you seen that where the paranormal investigators put um, like Hessian bags? on people's head who uh, who live in a haunted property and and try and raise their fear to a level that they invoke some kind of evidence and it's just like that, really? oh i don't like that no no i i know but it's like the, there's this all this boundary pushing and what Helly did was go you know what we're investigators you know it's not about mm-hmm. we're pushing boundaries but we're pushing boundaries um to investigate not not to get ratings um it to- yeah totally respect them for that yeah yeah oh man i i just can't wait for season three i'm so excited for it i saw tyler strand a couple of months ago he's posting he's like investigating dog man in michigan i was like is this part of wow. hell or are you just wow. like because <laughs> that's one cryptid that's like freaked me the fuck out has been yeah. dog man and i'm like i just don't um not one I get excited about. I get excited about Mothman and various other ones, but Dogman, it's like, yeah, I just don't like. I had I had a really, so I was watching. I'd started the Hunt for the Skinwalker on Hulu, which I don't mm-hmm. know if you have available in the UK. Uh, it was it was I was a little bit disappointed because I you know having come from now watched Hellier every single paranormal show I watch afterwards it's like oh but the cinematography is not good. Yeah, it's a <laughs> disappointment. This. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but but yeah, so I started watching the show about the hunt for the skinwalker, and I just like it like it made me a little bit uncomfortable as like most like things based off real events do sometimes because it is they're showing like uh this was an edited together version of like first encounter not first encounter like I'm forgetting the the word for it like primary source footage of like various different things so it's not just like someone walking through going and this is where this happened it's someone people talking about things that recently happened they're from like years ago. And they're actually filming it. And so I had probably about 20 minutes in. And then I went, at this point I was living in a trailer and I was staying on a family member's property. Mm-hmm. And so I I started the show, which I'd been hesitant about starting. And then I walked inside this person's house to use the bathroom. And then I walked down 
the deck stairs. Mm -hmm. And this is in the middle of the night. I walk down the deck stairs that I walked down 20 times a day. Mm -hmm. Right. And I like just fell down the stairs suddenly. And then like, I didn't break my ankle, but I tore two ligaments in it. I ended up finding out when I had to go to the hospital, like a couple weeks later, because I, it just, the swelling didn't go down. I've never hurt my ankle that bad before. And then like mm -hmm. the first thing I think about is like, you know, cause I, you know, I see things from multiple different dimensional spaces. Like, okay. And the yeah, 3d, yeah. I slipped down the stairs cause I was wearing flip flops and it's dark, but mm -hmm. also this is weird because I do this every single day at night and this has never happened. What was I doing before that was different? Did I piss off the land spirits? And I was like, and I make offerings to them constantly. I was like, I don't think that's what it is. What else did I do? I just started watching a documentary about Skinwalker Ranch. And I was like, I don't know if I want to go there. Um, yeah. why, did I get, because it felt like, like I fell down the stairs, but like, I really fell down the stairs. I didn't yeah. just like fall. I like yeah. really fell. And I was like, I don't know what happened. And so I just did a couple of protection things and I was fine. It took me, my ankle still hurts now. I have to do a lot of like physical self self done physical therapy things but, yeah, yeah but it was really strange and i wanted to ask before we kind of pull it to a close here um what your possible thoughts are on that um i, I i'll tell you a brief story about uh, when i first started um going out as a paranormal investigator not just sort of on, on the research side of it and i had not really thought of before uh, the concept of uh, spirit particularly human spirit being able to read your mind so uh, one one evening I, I went to bed and I, I literally had a mantra of um, in my head, not saying it out loud. If you're about and you can hear my thoughts, make yourself known. Um, and I was woken up at 3 a.m. in the morning by uh, something being thrown across my room. And uh, that was pretty much evidence for me, for me that they can read your mind. <laughs> so I, I started thinking in terms of, you know, um, when things happen like that it's it's almost like if you're in, in a high energetic state because it's something that that frightens you or something that worries you it's almost like that is a powerful energy that then will project out into into the ether and from that it it could be that um something in the surrounding areas picked up on that and, and picked up this almost on a manifestation level um, and um, and it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy um, because you've mm -hmm. had this fear of it. Then it's actually it's actually happened. I know there's parapsychologist uh, explanation for this parapsychology explanation for it um, that, you know, that because we're in a heightened state that we attribute things to it that, that aren't necessarily connected. But my spiritual side says different. My spiritual side says, you know, we, we um we push that out into the universe and, and, uh, and, and it's received. And if it's, if it's, you know, if there's something around to receive it, then it, it, then it will. And I think a lot of the time, I mean, I, I tend not to watch horror movies. I, I, uh, I will occasionally watch something uh, along the line of that. If it's based in, uh, in, in truth, um, then I will watch it, but I don't, I, I tend not to watch, um, sort of, uh, gory, you know, uh, fictional, Me either, anymore. Uh, because I, I think that you 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 pump out that energy for a while after um, after experiencing that. So, yeah, it, I mean, that's just a theory. Um, it, it could have been that it could, you know, it could have been that you just attracted some kind of elemental energy in the area that um, that picked up on on that fear factor.
Yeah, that's what I've been thinking because it definitely it was like a one-off thing and I didn't feel like unsafe at any point. I was just I was it was and I hadn't like even thought about the possibility of falling. I know you're talking about in general about fear, but like I hadn't yeah. like even specifically thought about those steps and it was it one it like made me really be aware of like wow, like as a mindfulness practice, I should probably be more conscious of how I am walking, but yeah. also <laughs> um it's just so interesting that I'd been because I don't even watch that many paranormal documentaries or docu-series yeah. and things. And I just have been putting it off for so long because I knew it was supposedly really good. I was really 20 minutes in. I started it during the daylight. I wasn't consciously freaked out about it so much as it was just like I had made it a big thing in my head, right? Yeah. And then I go and walk down these stairs in the dark. And then of all of the days that I could have done it, I just like f- like flew off the stairs. And then... I went through like after that, you know, I couldn't walk. And mm-hmm. so I had to like for a couple of weeks, I was just like laying in my bed. Yeah. And other people had to like help me, which was really hard to ha- let people help me. But then I was just like thinking about all of this stuff. And I was like, wow, it's so interesting having this kind of additional paranormal perspective of it's like there's a possibility that something like additionally influenced me even let's let's say like I was already going to trip like normally and then sometimes I think beings are opportunistic it's like oh this person's already gonna trip why don't I help them trip a little bit extra um because it's easy it's like it's like an opportunistic thing which makes me think of the face sometimes because I don't think a lot of them create opportunities I think they look for them oh yeah 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 I, I, it definitely sounds uh, something a little more than uh, a little more than Faye, and especially uh, um, because of what you what you were watching. Um, that is that you know do do your thought projections almost invite in? So that was that was my hypothesis with uh, inviting in through thought the you know a, a human spirit um so you know if you're watching something and and you're thinking about it intently while you're watching it and thinking about it intently you know in between times it's almost you know how does that manifest into um in, into the the ether into the world and what what and it does sound a little bit a little bit different that you've damaged yourself that badly because i know that when Faye do get um, on on the kind of sort of, you know more malevolent side, there's there's almost a build up to it, so they will it, it's kind of attention seeking, and then they'll get into the realms of uh, you know, um, and it's usually kind of biting and pinching, and when they do do sort of pushing and shoving, it's I don't think that they particularly like doing us damage to that extent. So it it, it sounds like maybe something something different. I don't know. Did you tune into yeah. it? Did did you, did you try and tune into what that being was? No, I, I didn't want to. Partially, I was, I I was in like, <laughs> I, I was pretty preoccupied with my ankle at the time, like when it first happened, because it was like, it was, it was weird because it was as I was falling, my thought was, fuck, I can't go to the hospital, coronavirus. So oh, yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, like, yeah. as I fell, there was that thought because it, this was in March, oh, not March, this was at the end of April. So this was like, I, I wasn't as used to living in this pandemic state that I am now um so I was like that was my thought I was like no like I can't fall because (laughs) I have to do that um and then um I fell and then I like yelped and then Mm -hmm. my 
uh, one of my siblings who's significantly younger than me, she's like a decade younger, like ran outside because her window was right there. And then Mm -hmm. it was like a whole practice of me being like, I cannot appear distressed because there is a child who is like our teenager who's I, I can't do that to them. So it was like a practice for me of like, hi, can you please go get an adult? from inside <laughs> yeah. the house and then uh someone ended up coming out and then it was just this whole thing of like getting me back to where I was living it was like it looked like there was like a golf ball attached to my ankle um wow. and then it, w- it wasn't until like I want to say an hour after everyone went back inside and I was laying there and it was you know like 11 o'clock at night I'm like there is a lot of layers to what possibly just happened yeah. and yeah. it's out of character for me I, I'm not a klutz either yeah. like I it was just all this strange stuff and I don't like, and it, and it didn't like scare me at that point, but it was just like, I don't know if I, at that point, cause it was still dark. And I, again, I live in the middle of a property, which is, I think part of the reason why I was a little bit apprehensive to watch the Skinwalker Ranch thing, because my living situation was pretty similar to like what <laughs> they were describing on there. And I've had dreams and experiences before where I just see stuff walking around the property which is not bad. It's not scary, but it's just why I make offerings to the land because it's just very yeah. active there. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, but I I appreciate your your input here and not telling me that I'm ridiculous for thinking that there's a possibility that it could have been something else. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely. I mean, you, you know, from from uh, working in witchcraft realms, that the, the the power of putting putting energy out, and especially uh, the power of putting focused energy out into the world and and what and what that does and what comes back from it you know it's um it's a massively powerful thing that we we don't understand at all so yeah i mean if you i would definitely say that if you're getting the feeling that it's not something that that was a natural occurrence then possibly wasn't a natural occurrence you know and i'd be asking the question of 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 why you know why why did that happen but I'm like you though if, if something like that goes off I think I, I've just got to shut off even thinking about it because I don't want to put that energy back out into the universe because I just yeah I like my ankles you know uh, that's how <laughs> I would see it you know I, I I do like my ankles I don't I don't want this to happen again so um yeah no I don't I don't think you're crazy for thinking that and considering it at all thank you uh, yeah, and I also like my ankles, and I, <laughs> I'm just this one's just now like I'm able to run again. Um, Good, just yeah. So it's better. Good. Um, it did it did bring me in the positive sense a lot of time for self reflection because I was you know also like overdoing it in other aspects of I I was I was in that space of like oh the pandemic started but I still have to do all these things and then this happened and it was like okay I need to lay down so there's also positives I think you know there's a duality to everything yeah definitely one or the other like even if uh let's say an extreme case even if a very malevolent being shoved me down a flight of stairs I still benefited from that somehow you saying that totally changes changes the, the the perception of it as well because it, it it could have been that you know this is the only thing by actually taking you off your feet this is going to be the only thing that takes you off your feet you know uh, metaphoric metaphorically you've got to do that physically um and it might have been something doing it to your benefit although quite you know quite a harsh way of doing it but um <laughs> you know it could have been it could have been a positive thing you know that's um, that's an interesting an interesting concept really yeah, something I've been thinking about more recently. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you um, hearing me out with that. And I also appreciate you coming on the show today. This was a really interesting conversation. I've learned a lot. Uh, I, I don't meet a lot of people that 
are like I mean a lot of people that like the Fae and they're in well they like the subject and they're interested yeah. in it but I haven't met someone else who's like knowledgeable about yeah. them so I'm really happy to have you on and that I that I found you through Karen's podcast and like where where can people find you like when your work what what a where you mentioned the shows you're on like this is where you plug everything okay okay i've got to do the sales bit now um so um i i've recently started up a, a youtube channel it's it's still a bit um a bit rough around the edges um as i'm learning i'm not i'm not particularly great with uh, with the technical side of things so um and that's answering people's questions but it's also uh interviewing people from a cross-section um, of you know from um, psychic mediums to paranormal investigators to uh, Wiccans etc uh, so that's uh, Kate Hairgirl uh, on YouTube um, also there's a Kate Hairgirl paranormal on Facebook where you can find me and, and message me um, I'm on Instagram again under the same name uh, I, I kind of that's quite quite a quirky one it's not very specific for me it's kind of all different realms I use that one for um, and I'm on Twitter but I, I don't understand Twitter I'm, I think I'm a bit too old <laughs> for understanding tweeting right now it's, it's just a bit of a jumble sale but yeah you can contact me through 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 any of those if anybody's got any questions and I'm always really interested to hear people's experiences for me it kind of builds up my portfolio of understanding as well uh, so it's a it's a very mutual thing when I when I hear people's uh, stories and and it's nice uh, to be able to give people that opportunity because um it is i think the last vestige of all the disciplines that you sound like a crazy person when you talk about um and i think we need, we need to get people talking you know about about fairies we do and i've you know you mentioned how the being that i talk to or they, they hang out with me they've got the eyes the color of like the throat chakra what people often attribute the, sh- the throat chakra to being yeah. and then the ears about listening and i, I think it's so funny that for about a year, I was really apprehensive about talking about him at all because I felt like people were going to think I'm there's something wrong, like really wrong mm-hmm. with me. And I was like, is there something I had to say? I was I did not understand. But now it's like half of what I talk about on this podcast is him. So yeah. I don't know if he's he's got a little ego and he's like, you can talk about me. Uh, it's a <laughs> podcast about me. <laughs> but I yeah. do talk about him a lot. And a lot of people have messaged me about not necessarily the same experience, but just um, appreciating a lot of synchronicities within what I'm saying mm-hmm. in his stories. So, yeah, yeah so it, it's a good thing, and it may, it may be that that's what is there for that that that's part of your contribution to the Fey world that you are there to to help people uh, make sense of their own experiences and um, and sometimes just even uh, I mean I don't think I've got any magical skills with it. I think it's just that I'm able to sort of have a step back view of, of maybe the, the stories that you were telling me or, or somebody else is telling me uh, and come from a very uh, at the very least um, non-judgmental point of view to be able to, to 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 look at different elements of it and and that very much sounds like you know something that that because of your interaction. Uh, with your faith friends that that will become part of part of your journey as well that you will uh, be there for other people to sort of uh, give them a, a, a different perspective on or just to reassure them that they're not nuts you know you know that yeah. we're not crazy you know it's all just part of the human experience well if anyone is curious about what else i'm doing uh you can find me on instagram at mothmanatero and then i have a website mothmana.com if you would like to uh, look into booking a reading or something, you can check out my website for that. 
And if you want to join the hordes in my underworldian city, you can support the podcast and figure out what other odd stuff that I'm doing on Patreon. So that'd be patreon.com slash mothmana. So thank you so much, Kate. Thank you so much for being on here. I am going to press stop recording, but I will still be able to hear you. But everybody else will not. So say goodbye. I thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. And, and I'm sorry that I've rambled on for as long as I oh, have. Oh, no, it's great. I've really enjoyed having a conversation with you. It's been, <laughs> it's been brilliant.